You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com. Still not doing great. Um, like I said, I don't know if it's just that time of year, that time of month. I don't know, but it's been really hard to be able to muster the energy to do these. Or a lot of things, really. And to those of you who have reached out with support and kind words and all that, I thank you. It, I know it doesn't really feel like it makes a difference right now, but it's a lot easier to look back and have those things and know they're there. Know that people are there. And that you can turn to them when you feel like this. And it's rough. And I still thank y'all for your support. It means a lot. I'm, I'm going to try and push through and at least give y'all a couple more tastes of baseball talk this week. Um, Ross Atkins really wants stars. So we're going to be talking about that next episode. But first, I want to kind of look back because I don't know how many of y'all were around the last time the Blue Jays made this big off-season push to get stars. Um, and no, this isn't like, you know, last year's signing Hyunjin Ryu. Or like mid-season trading for Toy- Troy Tulowitzki or David Price. No, I mean a concerted off-season effort to get name brand players onto the team. And how that ended up going. Because this week is actually the eight-year anniversary of probably the biggest trade by scale in Blue Jays history. Obviously not the biggest trade. Because, I mean, trading uh, Quiros for Bautista or trading Roland for Encarnacion, those, those were bigger trades on impact. Trading trading for Alomar and Garter. Trading, like, McGriff and Fernandez for them. Obviously a bigger trade on impact. I just mean by the sheer scale of the trade. The biggest one in Blue Jays history. And I figured it was appropriate to look back on just what actually was accomplished with that deal. Especially since we'll be talking next episode 
about, you know, the continued pursuit of stars that Ross Atkins is going on. So, for those of you who need a reminder, on November 19th, 2012, a young GM named Alex Anthopoulos looked around and, no, in a similar situation to what the Blue Jays front office finds itself in, spotted a team that was desperate to shed salary. And he looked at them and said, Hey, I have the ability to pick up salary, and I have the need to remodel this team, this 73-89 and team. So, Alex Anthopoulos pounces on the Miami Marlins fire sale. Seems to be an annual thing, fire sales in Miami. But when the dust settled... Anthopolis had settled on a 12-player deal with the Marlins. The official deal was Miami sending John Buck, Mark Burley, Josh Johnson, Jose Reyes, Emilio Bonifacio, and Cash to Toronto for a plethora of of prospects that we'll actually talk about in a sec. I, w- I want to go over the hall first because I, um, when this happened, you know, I was still in university, I was still in my self denial days, and this was one of those moves that, you know, a lot of fans had been waiting and waiting for the Blue Jays to do something to shake up the status quo. And it, it seemed like it finally happened. I mean, there were people at the time who were saying, well, uh, how do you expect the Blue Jays to be good when they're trading with the Marlins who finished 69 and 93? You know, maybe, maybe Mike Hill knows what he's doing. People didn't want to listen. We're just so happy. Like, oh, we got all these players. What did the Blue Jays actually get? Well, we're going to run it down. We'll go... I will go in alphabetical order. Might as well get the easy one out of the way first. Let's start with Emilio Bonifacio. Still played last year, actually. Got in three games last year with Washington. 0 for 3 with two strikeouts and one caught stealing. Super, super effective last year. Anyway, Emilio Bonifacio was seen as this, you know, beautiful um, prototype of the modern day guy who bounces around the diamond, who can play almost anywhere. And, you know, people were excited to have that kind of versatility waiting in, in the team. Um, what they ended up getting for Emilio Bonifacio is 94 games where he batted 218, had an on-base percentage of 258, and he was counted on to be the leadoff guy for this Blue Jays squad. Anything but. He was so bad 
that he wasn't even traded away by the Blue Jays. Uh, Toronto let Kansas City purchase him for the remainder of the 2012 season. Didn't even make the full season in Toronto. Played 42 games in Kansas City, did better, but was released and started this whole journeyman path of his that led to a brief resurfacing in Washington this season. But, you know, definitely not what the Blue Jays paid for. Um, let's talk about John Buck. John Buck actually was a familiar name to Blue Jays fans. He was an all-star catcher for them in 2010 before he parlayed that into a free agent deal with Miami that was worth $11 million. And yeah, he did not get a chance to reacquaint himself with Toronto. He was actually dealt a month later in the R.A. Dickey deal, which we'll probably talk about later in the offseason. But yeah, very quick turnaround on John Buck. So what can you do? That's all right. We're going to get into the bigger names for the Blue Jays because Bonifacio and Buck were just add-on pieces that they were helping the Marlins take more salary. Let's start with Mark Burley. Mark Burley... Veteran lefty has a perfect game under his belt. You know, the Blue Jays hadn't had an ace since Roy Halladay was traded away. And like, all right, here we go. Here's Mark Burley. Mark Burley's consistent. He throws 200 innings a season. He's going to help us out. And you can make the argument that Mark Burley was the best player that the Blue Jays got in that deal. 34-year-old Mark Burley, best player that they got. Three seasons in Toronto, he did pretty well. 40 and 28, 378 ERA. Um, he did pitch um, about 200 innings a season. Was remarkably consistent. I think he should get Hall of Fame votes, actually, considering how good he was as a lefty. Um, he aver- He was never a strikeout pitcher. He averaged about 118 strikeouts per season in Toronto, but he averaged 43 walks per season, which is very good. Always, always appreciate a guy who will keep the walks down. Actually had the best walk rate per nine lead rate in this, in the American league in his final season when he went 15 and eight and led the majors with four complete games. Cause that's just how he do. Amazingly, after his contract expired with Toronto, no one made a move for him. And he just retired because he didn't need that. Um, Made almost $140 million in his career at that point. I'd be fine retiring too. Don't need it. Got your World Series ring with with the White Sox. You're good. You're fine. But it was nice to have Burley in the rotation just just as that lockdown kind of guy. And, you know, he... He didn't, uh, he didn't get to pitch in the playoffs with Toronto, which sucks, but it is what it is. Now, Burley wasn't expected to be the best pitcher coming over in that deal. No, that was supposed to be Josh Johnson. And, oh, 
Oh, man. Mike Soroka 2.0. In eight previous seasons with Miami, Johnson was 56-37 and 37 with a 3.15 ERA and 154 com- like games for the Marlins. Had 832 strikeouts. Was coming off a down year. Had a 3.81 ERA and 31 starts. But, you know, he was young. He was... Toronto was getting him at age 29. So... Everyone was excited. Like, oh, he's gonna... He's gonna grow. He's he's gonna continue to be this guy who, you know, the Blue Jays will be able to rely on. What were the Marlins thinking? How could they get rid of him? Ugh. It's just bad. Uh, Josh Johnson when he wasn't injured, ended up making 16 starts for Toronto. He had an ERA of 6.20. And and you know what? His strikeout rate was still pretty good. 83 strikeouts and 81 in the third innings, but was let down by the defense behind him, gave up 15 home runs in those 16 starts. And other just... You know, for comparison, in 31 starts a year before, he gave up 14 home runs. So, managed to surpass his home run total in half the time. Just the hits went up. He could not deal. He was repeatedly injured. Um, he had surgery to remove bone spurs from his elbow. He had forearm tightness. He had everything wrong with his arm. And that was it. Signed a one-year deal with San Diego after the season, but never pitched for them because he had to have Tommy John surgery again. And never made it back. Actually had a third Tommy John surgery after that. It was pretty bad. People were so excited, too. Like, Josh Johnson's actually, you know, that Freddie Freeman half-Canadian kind of person. But just just couldn't make it happen. And then garbage person Jose Reyes did all right in Toronto. Probably more famous now for being in the Troy Tulowitzki deal, which is apt. It's right. The less we say about garbage person Jose Reyes, the better. So, yeah, that's what the Blue Jays got. And I know I went a little long on that, so I'm actually going to break this up a little bit. So, we'll see how. But, it will happen with the help of our sponsors at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that eats like a candy bar. They come in amazing flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, raspberry, banana bread, orange, so many flavors, all coated in 100% chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and they're good for you if you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a treat. They're low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high in protein and fiber. If you're doing the keto thing, it's great for that. So what are you waiting for? Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, get 20% off your next order. So again, promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right. So I know I spent a lot of time this episode just reading through exactly what the Blue Jays got out of those five players that they acquired from the Marlins. And that's not even getting into R.A. Dickey, who they got uh, in December of that year. I mentioned it briefly when talking about John Buck. But one of the main things to take away from that is that it's not a panacea to immediately get those guys. And I, I, will, I will concede this point. What Ross Atkins is trying to do right now is add on to a team that is on the rise. What Alex Anthopoulos was trying to do in 2012 is blow up a team that was bad by injecting pieces from a team that was worse. And predictably, it did not work. Especially when one of the key pieces of that deal turned out to have an arm that was made of chewing gum, popsicle sticks, and bits of twig. So... There there are some differences from the two situations, but... Some of the lessons remain the same. Yes, you want to be able to add talent immediately to this team. But if you're Ross Atkins, you don't have to do too much to do that. And in our next episode, since I I guess I went a little long, um, we're going to be discussing that uh, cost that the Blue Jays did give up in this deal and what they have to try and avoid going forward in trying to get these Francisco Lindor types into the fold. There, there are some definite lessons there that need to be learned. We'll go, we'll go over the downside in the next episode. Just a reminder, if you're not subscribed to this podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked on Jays. All the episodes will be posted on Twitter. You can follow me at A underscore J underscore Andrews on Twitter. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb, but it does let me get some very negative feelings off my chest. So it's it's useful for that, I guess. And again, thank you to everyone who reached out. I'm going to try and respond at some point when I feel a little better. Um, but yeah, thank you all for taking the time to listen to this. I'll be back immediately with uh, the roundup of what the Blue Jays gave up and, you know, what, try and project what they have to do to get Francisco Lindor, I guess. Seems to be something we do around here a lot. Anyway, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to tonight's episode. And y'all take care.